everyone, and welcome to the Badass in Business show, the show where I we help you with your inner game and your outer game, teaching you how to own your inner badass and share strategi- strategies with you to badass your business, or in other words, get badassified. This is Annette Piper, the Badass Business Chick, and your host for the Badass in Business show. And today, today is totally awesome as we have Juliet Clark on the show today. Juliet and I connected at a speaker event, and I'm very impressed with her and her work and totally stoked to have her here today. Juliet began her career in traditional publishing and then moved on to advertising. She has big agency experience working on the billion-dollar Nissan account. She has also worked at Mattel Toys, another billion-dollar ad account. In 2008, she wrote her first book and found the self-publishing world a strange world that rarely served the author's best interests. Her third book was an international bestseller that spent time at number 38 on the Amazon bestseller list, wedged between Sue Grafton and Janet Abanovich. I think I said that right. She began her publishing. (laughs) (laughs) She began her publishing company, Winsome Media group in 2010 with a mission to help nonfiction authors understand how to build a platform, sales and marketing funnels, and visibility in the marketplace for their books and their businesses. In 2015, this business expanded to help authors, coaches, speakers, and small businesses build funnels with a proprietary system that allowed for more lead generation and revenue growth. Welcome to the show, Juliet. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to hear what you have to share, but before we go into uh, more into your business and what you do, tell us a little bit more about you and your life and what you're passionate about. Well, uh, I recently just moved to Draper, Utah. I was a born and raised Californian, and uh, my son decided to go to Utah State, so um, I was commuting back and forth, and uh, then my daughter decided she wanted to come up here to go to school, so we moved the whole family, and um, it's been it's been a really great experience, love it here, um, let's see, what else can I tell you about me, I'm the mom to two great college-age students, actually one's graduating this week from Utah State, so I'm pretty excited about that, no more tuition, and um Passionate. I'm passionate about helping people really find their visibility in the marketplace. And what motivated you uh, and inspired you to start your own business? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I actually had a business before the publishing company. And um, I just, to be honest, I was traveling a lot with my job and I had two small children. And I came home one day after missing a Christmas program and thought, oh my gosh, I will never, ever get that time back. So my intention was when I quit my job that I was going to be a stay-at-home mom, and that lasted for about two weeks because it was really, really hard. (laughs) And so I started my own, I know, right? Like, what a wuss I am. I started my own first business, and it was real estate, and my intention was to sell, you know, two or three houses a year and just have fun with it. And within about a year and a half, I was one of the top agents uh, out of 400 in the company, and I had a full-blown, like, real estate brokerage business. So it just kind of...
kind of it was that type A personality that took over and it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. And then from there you just expanded into everything that you're doing now? I did. Actually, um I when I was going through a divorce I, um, I'd always wanted to write a mystery novel, and I had all this time on my hands, and so I wrote one. And it was, um, well, it was healing on many levels. First of all, I was having a really tough time with the divorce. Um, we weren't acting like adults. So when I wrote my mystery novel, I basically killed my ex-husband in it. And, um, that, that, right? Like, it was so healing. I just have to tell you, so healing. But I am blonde. So, you know, the flip side of that is I would not have looked good in felony orange. Blondes typically don't. So, um, I got to do it, uh, you know, and, and get away with it. <laughs> so, but my experience, <laughs> I know your audience is thinking, I love wow, it. I love it. Total sociopath. Well, it's really great. It's the, the town we lived in. Like, everybody knew. Everybody that read it knew because I killed my ex-husband. Um, but as part of that process, I um, I self-published with a large publishing company, and I started out my career in uh, traditional publishing. So when I looked around at the things they were doing and what they were selling, my thoughts were, this is so unethical. They are selling people things that truly will never serve them. To give you an example, um, you know, buy a return policy. Well, the, the reality is most self-published books, probably 99% of them, will never make it on the shelf in a bookstore. But if you pay $1,000, you can get a return policy. And so, you know, pe they would talk people into purchasing that. And I looked at it and said, that is such a moneymaker for them, but such a non-starter for an author who's just starting out and probably doesn't have a lot of money. So my, with my second book, uh, I started my own, uh, my own publishing company and learned how to build my own author platform. And by my third book, I sold over 25,000 copies of my third book. And that's where I kind of took off. People were coming to me saying, wait a minute, can you do that for me? Very cool. Very cool. So what's the biggest mistake? that people make when selling books, products, and services online? I think assuming that they can just put them there and they will come, sort of like the Kevin Costner movie, only it only works for Kevin Costner. It doesn't really work for other people. Um, there's a lot that goes into all of that, and um, many of them get caught up in several places along the way where they think that, you know, this next big thing is the magic bullet. And the truth about digital marketing is if you don't have a physical product, and sometimes even when you do, it's a combination of what you do online with your marketing funnels and building relationships, good old-fashioned networking and bringing people to the table and having conversations. Absolutely. I love that metaphor. I use that all the time in business as well because a lot of people start a business thinking if I build it, they will come, and that's not the case. It's a lot of hard work and strategy, and, you know, it doesn't just, you know, you don't hang a shingle and people show up. Like I said, that only works for Kevin Costner. <laughs> and only because he has a good PR firm, right? No. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So what's the biggest money waster uh, 
when people are building their platform? Oh, there are so many. So first of all, when you're in the coaching space, which most of my clients end up being coaches, authors, speakers, and small businesses, um, the shiny objects, the you need a speaking coach or you need a just all the different coaches they need, um, not vetting them well enough and, and coming out of the end of the program not really having what they wanted and needed. And, and I actually have been a part of that myself in the sense that, you know, there was a year I spent $50,000 on coaching and one of those coaches, I, I would love to ask for my money back. <laughs> I absolutely agree because I've had the same experience and it's kind of like the school of hard knocks and it's a costly school of hard knocks. And so I think that's a benefit of what you and I do is, uh, you know, really providing that value that help people get to the next level, not just talking about it, but actually getting results. So I love yeah. that. I love that. So why has community building become so important on Facebook? Well, um, for one thing, the, the business pages no longer have an algorithm that really serves the business owner. It's become mostly just a credit card holder for ads. Only about, and this, this may actually be high at this point, only about 4 to 7 percent of the people who like your page actually get to see your content. It's, it's not shown to them. The, the thing about community building is when you post within your community, and by that I mean groups on Facebook, private groups, 100 percent of the people see 100 percent of the content, and it's a great place to start conversations. But I also want to caution you in that to remember that um, an algorithm change can wipe out an entire audience that you have. So it's also important within those communities to transition those people off of social media and into your actual email list. Because if, if an algorithm change occurs, you have still have a way to contact and work with those people. Absolutely. And that's interesting. Um, I have a Facebook group, the Badass Business Builders Mastermind group, and I've noticed lately that the uh, the amount of interaction on the page has gone down. Part of that might be on my part because I haven't been as active in the group the last few weeks, but uh, I wonder if something else has changed, so I may have to figure that one out. <laughs> yeah, no, I agreed. Uh, it's down on my page as well. Um, I have different ways of, of being in communication with my people now. Um, I think people are just exhausted from Facebook. Uh, I'm doing a little bit more work over on LinkedIn because that is truly probably where my audience is at. But I think a lot of people have been turned off by not only the algorithm changes, but, you know, the, the data that, you know, they've taken our data and they've used it in very corrupt ways. I think that's really turned a lot of people off. Yeah, I think so as well. And so you and I know that uh, assessments are huge in business, but um, you, how do you use assessment marketing with your community? So I actually, I have a lot of ways I use assessment marketing. Um, I use a proprietary platform that was created by Jane Duber, and it is um, 
it's an assessment that is self-reflective for what you do. So to give you an example, for you, you would uh, have categories and questions that allow the user to self-assess where they are at in whatever you teach. And what really sets the system apart is that it has a commitment section that at, where you actually ask questions about do you want to solve the problem, are you willing to invest, and what it does is it separates those people who are very highly committed now people from those people who need nurturing, from those people who probably are looky-loo, drive-bys, looking for free stuff. So it gives you the opportunity to go in and start relationships to close with the people who are ready now, and then you know which stack is there that's ready to be nurtured. So you can run nurturing sequences to them. So it really separates all of those groups so you have the ability to monetize quickly and not spend your time convincing people who probably will never be interested. So we, um, we actually use this in several different ways. It's been a great way to capture audiences from um, the stage and podcast, which typically radio shows, typically what we would call like off-funnel areas where, to give you an example, a podcast, iTunes has the stats, how many people are looking at our podcast, but we don't actually have communication and connection with those people. So in the case of my podcast, I actually have it as the ad in the, con in the podcast. And with podcasts, people typically binge listen to them. So if they like what they see, what they hear, you know, they're going to get that repetitive quiz over and over and over to take it and start that relationship. The other thing the assessment does really well is it gives you an idea where your people are really struggling because many entrepreneurs, um, they guess. They guess at who their target market is. They guess at what their target market wants. And so this is a way to get really clear on who are the people that are coming to you and what is it they really need before you spend all your time writing a book that nobody wants. Right. Wow, that's awesome. I like that. That's very cool. So what's the most important next thing that people must know about social media and funnels? Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> First of all, if you're reading a book or doing something that worked last year, it's probably not working this year. It seems like the whole, uh, the whole cycle of this runs about every nine months and things change. To give you an example, webinars were huge two years ago, not people aren't showing up anymore. The same way with the communities, they're just not, you know, we just had that discussion, they're just not showing up the way they were. Um, you have to have that personal touch with your audience. The days of the, you know, the cash machine that all these people have promised, set up your funnel, run Google ads, run Facebook ads. You know, Facebook has recently changed their algorithms again back in August, and they've lost a lot of the data points. So even Facebook advertising is not as uh, targeted as it used to be. So just know that you have to keep up with whatever the changes are in the marketplace that are going on. Otherwise, you're going to be doing social media like it's 2015 and wondering why nobody's responding. Exactly, exactly. And it just it it's mind-boggling how fast things change. But 
you know, with, with technology, and I, I come from the semiconductor industry, uh, so I worked in semiconductors making the IC chips for 22 years, and so I was able to see the rapid changes in the in the technical aspect of, uh, you know, in technology, but now it, it's just exponential. It just goes faster and faster every year, those changes. It's incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? That for, for people who are our age, this is really a beneficial concept because most people our age are used to, and we'll just say we're like 39 over and over and over, even though we may be a little bit older. Um, <laughs> but we're of an age group that um, we grew up communicating with each other one-on-one. -on -one. We know how to network, we know how to communicate, sometimes not very effectively, but we know how to have one-on-one -on -one conversations. And so when people come to me most of the time, it's, um, I know how to do this, how do I supercharge it and add digital to it? Or in my case, the assessment, how do I get people inside of my funnel and start those conversations? I think we're really blessed in that sense because if you look at the group of kids coming up, they are so, so digitally savvy, but they can't hold a conversation to save their lives. So I don't know how that's going to work for them in an age where we really need both to be successful, um, just because it's, uh, it, it's crucial to have those conversations. So they have to figure out how they're going to do that. Exactly, exactly. And I, I see people... Uh, on Facebook, younger people, and the, the activity in their groups is amazing. And I'd like to be able to figure that out because that's not my um, that's not my area of expertise. I didn't wasn't raised up on social media like uh, the the younger generation. But at the same time, you know, I'm totally able to have those one on ones, like you said. Uh, that's that's what I'm really good at. So mm -hmm. how to master both worlds, that's, yeah. that's a ticket. Yeah, it's really going to be crucial. But I think, I, think we're so, I think we're a little bit ahead of the curve um, in that sense, though, and because um, how do you teach someone to have a conversation? Like for us, that's just innate. We were, like, we were raised that way. Exactly. That's interesting. How would you teach someone to have a conversation? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, we teach that, people. That could you, be a business idea for someone out there. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Like you and I both teach how to have enrollment conversations, but before we have those enrollment conversations, we have to have that relationship, that friendship, that you know, that that conversation that interest you enough that you know like and trust me to have that enrollment conversation so i think i think that's where it gets kind of trickier you know the the downhill slope for some people exactly you've got to be able to build that rapport absolutely so julia what's what's one piece of advice you would give other entrepreneurs oh wow one piece i would give entrepreneurs Absolutely know and can be in communication with your target audience before you try to sell something, before you create anything, write anything, um, especially if you're a coach or an author or a speaker, 
like really drill down and ask those people what they want um, and make sure that you're providing what they want. I think that's the big one of the big mistakes I see out there is people who who bring us a book and when we ask them why they wrote the book, they'll tell us that they went to some writer's rah-rah and um, the writing coach, who of course is in it for money, said, oh, the reason that you're not selling your products, your programs, your services is because nobody knows who you are. And, you know, this will make you an expert. Everybody will know you. And when, in fact, when we look at that, we, we kind of step back and say, well, wait a minute. It will probably just be another failed product if you haven't dug deep and know why those products and services aren't selling. And most of the time it goes back to the fact that they, they didn't communicate with the target audience or they thought their target audience was everyone. I hear that every day. You know, um, a couple while back we had someone who brought us um, a happiness program and um, she's like, well, everybody needs to be happy. But you have to really look at that and say, well, wait, but does everybody want to be happy? Sometimes that unhappiness serves them in the most uh, cruel and unusual ways, but they're willing to hang on to it. So you really have to get out there and know who those people are and, and get feedback from them before you jump in with both feet to spending money on, you know, coaches and, and writing a book and all of those types of things. Absolutely, absolutely. So do you have a special offer for our listeners? Will you tell us more about that? I do. I'd love to have you guys go over to www.leadlogicquiz.com and um, take a look and see where your lead generation and communication skills are. Um, it's really it's one of our assessments that we set up for entrepreneurs to start communicating with their audience. So you're going to get two benefits today. You're going to get to see what we actually do for entrepreneurs that we've been very successful with in uh, having them use and gain visibility in the marketplace. And you'll find it, kind of find out where your lead generation skills are. Are you closing those enrollment conversations? Are you, you, know, are you building up those leads in the way that, that is really serving you and your goal, your income goals? Awesome. I can't wait to take it. <laughs> and where else can our listeners learn more about you and your company? Um, you can find us over at www.superbrandpublishing.com and also at www.winsomemediagroup.net. Great. Well, Julia, it's been, Julia, it's been great having you on the Badass in Business show. And Juliet's info and links will be in the podcast notes. So thanks for being here, Juliet. Well, thank you for having me. It's been great. Well, I've really enjoyed our conversation, and I'm trusting that everyone's going to get great value out of it. So everyone, thanks for listening. Go out and make it a badass day. Remember to share the podcast with other badass business owners. And check out my business acceleration program at badassandbusinessacademy.com. And you can also find me at annettepiper.com. So go out, have a great day, and thanks for listening. Bye-bye.